Welcome to Avoid the Confusion, the podcast where we delve deep into the minds of top performers in their respective fields. I'm your host, Kenny Robinson, and each week my goal is to bring you inspiring guests who will share their stories and strategies for success. Here at Avoid the Confusion, we believe that mental toughness is the key to achieving your goals. We explore the power of not giving up. We showcase the many failures and obstacles that are part of the journey towards success. So join us on this weekly journey of discovery as we bring you stories that show we are all human and that success is achievable with the right mindset and strategies. Get ready to be inspired to be the best version of yourself and Buckle up and don't forget, this is Avoid the Confusion. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me again this week, man. This has been such a wild ride. The support that we've been getting has been crazy. I've had a lot of people interested in coming on the show lately, which is great. It gives me an opportunity to actually do some vetting now, make sure we have some good stories. And uh, with Trevor, me and Trevor, we're talking. He's our guest this week, Trevor Young. He's the owner of Legacy Outdoor Services over in College Station. Texas and uh, we've got to know each other pretty well over the last couple of years him and I'll say it in front of him his wife Chelsea is one of my favorite people I think she's probably my spirit animal I like her <laughs> I like her little her, her attitude and tenacity and uh, I've I love watching the two of them grow and I'm hoping throughout the course of the show today we get to talk a little bit about that journey as well but Trevor man thank you so much for joining us uh, if you don't mind dude just tell us a little bit about yourself start if you don't mind for me with how have you been yeah, I uh, just want to thank you so much, Kenny, for uh, having me on today. It's a great opportunity. I'm really excited to be here. Um, man, we've been doing good. Um, you know, 2023 has been a year of change for us, uh, personally, professionally. It's 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 been a lot uh, going on this year, but you know, we're happy. Our cups are full, and you know, very grateful for uh, where we're at right now. Awesome, man. That's awesome. So, tell me a little bit about your guys' business. How long have uh you've been in business and and sort of what exactly do you do? Yeah. So we started our company in 2016. So we're in like our seventh year in business. Uh, we started off as Aggieland Dirtworks. Uh, we were basically like a dirt work contractor, excavation, dozer work, grade work, that type of stuff. Um, and I'd say over the course of the last three years, we have kind of transitioned our company into more of a full outdoor service company. So now we're offering landscaping, fencing, outdoor living spaces, um, you know, most of your exterior type services. Mm -hmm. Um, we do a lot of new construction. We kind of started off as a new construction type company working as a GC for home builders and general contractors. And at the beginning of this year, we decided to rebrand, uh, the company to legacy outdoor services and, uh, you know, we wanted to, wanted to be able to reach our customer base, um, a little more clearly, be a little more clear with, with who we are, what we do. And, um, you know, now we're, we're doing a lot more, uh, B to, uh, C, uh, work, you know, business to customer. So the mm-hmm. homeowners calling us, we're doing design work, um, you know, building their outdoor living spaces. So we've really pushed that this year, which has been a huge change, in the company and just kind of how things are running. So it's a, it's a lot of learning right now, but man, it's exciting and it, it keeps me on my toes and and that's really what drives me. So very fortunate. It is exciting. It is exciting. And being over there in college station, I heard you say your, the name of your, your previous name, you went by and I heard it had Aggie in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, my serious question for you today is how many of them Johnny Manziel autographs did you purchase back in the day? Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, none. 
Um, you know, we, we are in Aggieland, you know, Texas A&M university, uh, yeah. territory here. Um, uh, my, my wife, Chelsea is an Aggie. Um, we, and we, we started our business with the name that really, uh, fit the, the area mm-hmm. that we work in. But, uh, you know, I love Texas A&M. I love the people here. Um, you know, Johnny Manziel is a character in himself. So I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> it is another conversation, man. I, I watched the documentary on him that came out here recently. Yeah. And that's a, that was wild. He's a, a, a wild soul for sure. Very unfortunate. Very oh, yeah. sad. But I, actually, it, I think it's sort of a appropriate kind of topic that we just slipped into for the podcast, because that was somebody who started having a, a lot of success overnight. And it and it really went to his head. It really started to deteriorate who he was as a person and what he stood for. He lost himself for a long time. And he talks about that in that documentary, how he just. He, he actually didn't want to play football. He didn't even get to the point where he didn't want to be a he didn't want to be Johnny football anymore. And I can. Yeah, I, can, I think I can our, sort of see that, you know, the the this area, you know, it's a lot of Aggies and they are diehard Aggie fans. And so his popularity blew up. And I, I think I think a lot of people took this college kid and put him up on this pedestal. I mean, he was a young kid and I think that, uh, you know, he, he did, he blew up so fast overnight. I mean, you know, living here locally, you see the local newspapers and, and, uh, um, you know, some of the stories and things that he got into, but I, I, you know, he's probably a great person. Just, you know, you see it with celebrities all the time, people blow up and they're young and, you know, mismanaged and, you know, you got to learn lessons the hard way sometimes. And unfortunately, uh, the hard way can really cost you. It, it can. And I think the lesson to be learned, especially in the essence of this show, the people listening to this podcast, for me, my takeaway from watching that was it's it's very easy as your circumstances and your surroundings change for you to lose touch with who you actually want to be and what you actually started down a, a particular path for. And I think it doesn't just go for celebrities. It can work for me and you in business as well. You start mm-hmm. having a certain amount of success. You start doing jobs that are a certain size and all of a sudden the customer that you started the company for to help because you wanted to make an impact. And now that, that same customer call, and it's not a $50,000 project. It's one of those $5,000 projects you used to would do anything for. And the service was amazing. The, the, the quality was amazing. And you were so happy to make $500. And then you grow a, a little bit bigger business. You start to lose touch with that side of yourself. And I think it's very important to make sure that that doesn't happen. You know, there was a meme going around on Facebook recently talking about your $5,000 customer. I'm fixing it, you know, pretty much. Yep. I'm, I'm, uh, this is a huge decision. I want to make sure I can trust you. And all this and a $50,000 customer is like money is sent. And that's all they say. And a lot of people were laughing about that. And, and I wanted to share that. And I was like, you know, let's, let's hold on just a second because that $5,000 customer, I've been that $5,000 customer. I've been the $500 or the $100 customer, and that'd be the only $100 I had to my name. So it, oh, yeah. if you mess this up, not only do I not have $100 anymore to buy food and things that I need, but my air conditioner still won't work, and that can't happen. You know what I mean? So yep. a lot of times those smaller customers, they care more about that money. It, it, not that they care more, but this is they're giving you everything they have. If they may like for you, for example, if you're going out to my house to give me some custom design dirt work or whatever it is, landscaping, you give me this package deal, that may well be something I've been saving up for for a year to finally have done. 
so I can have that feeling of accomplishment. If you mess it up, I can't afford to go pay someone else. I can't, I can't afford to fight you in court. None of that, right? So that person, yeah. I don't think wrongly some of those some of those type transactions do come with a little more headache, but those those clients have more at stake in that that money. And I think you need to be sensitive to that. Not necessarily you know what I'm saying. I think I just think it's important yeah. that you understand where people are coming from and and don't think that because somebody's paying five hundred, it's any less important to them than a person that's paying fifty thousand, for example. Oh yeah, I, you. I look at business as you have to respect everyone's time and money, and every dollar somebody spent, they had to take time out of their life to earn that dollar. You know, and and some people take longer to earn more money, and you know those projects. Uh, you know, they de- like you said, they're they're definitely a big part of of what they were working towards. Um, so I think I think as a contractor, and, and contractors get such a bad name, and I get it because I do see it myself. Um, contractors get, get a really bad name because there are a lot of fly by night guys, um, that don't really care about the customer or the customer experience. And, uh, I feel like that's one area that we, we really have worked on over the last handful of years is, you know, trying to, to treat every customer the same, regardless of of the size of their project and, and respect it, you know, whether it's a $500 job or it's a $50,000 job. You know, somebody had to earn that money and uh, you should respect the fact that they called you, your company, they hired you uh, to come out and do it. I'll tell you, we are not a a massive company that, um, you know, just passes on small jobs, you know, Mm -hmm. so I I respect everyone's uh, project. And and I think that if contractors spend a little bit more time um, humbling themselves, I I think they would go a lot, a long way. I think if most contractors especially in home services where you're going into people's homes you're becoming part of their daily routine you're you're in and out and in their safe space and their sanctuary right and i think anytime you're doing work around someone's home really it applies to anything um but especially when you're doing work around someone's home i have found and it's rarely the price that matters it's rarely the quality like you can do a bad job as long as you go back and fix it and continue mm-hmm. to work with them at the end of the day, say 30 days removed from the project from that moment for the rest of their life. If you're in roofing, when they hear the word roof, they're going to think about you. If you're doing dirt work or you're doing landscaping, they're going to think about you. And the only thing they're going to remember for the rest of their life is how you made them feel during that transaction. That's what people remember. Looking back, we, most of our memories are attacked attached to how we felt in the moment. So if they feel like they're being taken care of, they feel like you care about them and they feel like they're getting a good deal, then that's that's reality for them. So it's your job to to do to do your work with integrity and charge a fair price and do quality work because most of the time they don't know anyway. They don't know if it's a good a good price or a bad price. They don't know if it's good quality or bad quality. That's why they hired you to do it. Most of the time they only care about how you made them feel. So I figured if you'd run a business where you focus on quality, you focus on doing the right thing. You make sure like, don't, don't cut your own throat, but make sure you're competitive and you're not too priced. Don't price Mm -hmm. yourself out of the market, obviously get a good fair price. And then you genuinely work on your client experience. You that's, that's basically the recipe for an amazing business that lasts long-term. It's, it's all about how you make people feel. Absolutely. You all of us that start a business, we're well, the majority of us that start a business, we're good at what we do 
And now we want to go out and do that and sell that service to other people because we know we're good at what we do. I think a lot of contractors, I'm sure you've probably gone through this. When you when you get into business, um, your focus is on the projects that you're doing and you're not building out these other parts of your company, you know, SOPs and whatnot on mm-hmm. the customer experience. And we're guilty of that. We we spent so many years trying to make sure that at the end of the day, the project was just done correctly and you know, the customer is happy with the end result, but we're at a point now where I'm focusing more on the customer experience from the first phone call to the last walkthrough, you know, and then even following up with them people a year later to, to make sure that everything's still looking good and that they're happy. Um, and that's something I never thought about in the past. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. clearly we wanted a good experience, but did we put hours of effort into designing that experience, working with our team to get them on, on board with how we want this to look? No, we didn't, you know, and and now we're really doing that. And I think the customer experience and going through this with them, it's one of my favorite parts of, of owning a company. You know, I love talking with people. Um, I think we sell more work uh, by just building relationships than we do by being competitive or being cheap on a price. Without a doubt. People buy from people, you know, they, they, they want to know that they're buying from a good person. The quality of work between us and the next guy could be the same, but if our communication's on point, if the customer experience in general is good, we're going to, we're going to win more bids. We're going to take care of people and they're going to call us back. So the customer experience is important and uh, it's something I had, I didn't put a lot of effort into over the years. and, And now it's probably one of the biggest things that's changing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I got a question for you. This is a more of a personal question. How old are you? Uh, a 32. 32. Uh-huh. And I thought yeah. so. I, so I'm 40. Fixing to turn 41. And I can tell you're younger than me. Obviously, being around you and Chelsea, I can tell both of you guys are a little younger than me. And you say you started your business six years ago. So around, were you an entrepreneur then or were you coming from a job, a career? Tell me how that, those early years looked. I'm, I'm excited to yeah. hear about it. Yeah, no, it's 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 kind of a fun story. So, no, I was not an entrepreneur. Um, I kind of when I met Chelsea, um, we, we met right after she graduated college, and I was just kind of doing me. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't really have anything too locked down in life. I was just you know living as a as a twenty one year old kid. I, I'm not a big partier, but um, you know, I wasn't being serious about life back then. I was going to work and making money and having a good time. Um, but, uh, as the years went on, I became a, a diesel mechanic. So working on trucks, tractors, equipment, all sorts of stuff like that. And, uh, my brother, uh, my middle brother, he owned a trucking company here in town. And one night we're out on the lake fishing, you know, 12, 31 o'clock in the morning. And he goes, Hey man, why don't you come work for me? And, you know, run a, run an excavator, digging dirt at our pit. And I was like, I, I don't know how to run equipment. Um, he goes, it doesn't matter. He said, you can learn. And I was like, oh, I don't know, dude, I got a good job. I make decent money. You know, it's uh, it's pretty decent right now. And he goes, I'll pay you a dollar more. And I promise you it's going to be worth it. And at that time I was really burnt out on, on wrenching on trucks and stuff. It, it was, it was tiring. And so, um, you know, I went to my boss and I said, I'll give you as much notice as you need, but this is a change I want to make. So if you need me here for a month, two months to, to help out, I will. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to make that change and I went out running a track and didn't know anything, you know, scared. I was going to smack the side of a dump truck trying to load it. And, um, I did that for six months 
And, uh, right towards the end of that six months, my brother came to me and said, Hey, I'm selling the company. You can stay or, or you can go. What what do you want to do? And I didn't know. And then I said, well, maybe we'll start a business, but you know, six months isn't a long time. You know, it's not a lot of experience, but, um, that six months I was thrown into everything by myself, you know, Hey, go here, do this. If it takes you two days, uh, to learn how to do it, it takes you two days. And so I was at least given that opportunity to have enough time in the seat and learn to run, you know, all the different equipment. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, end of that six months, Chelsea and I started talking and a close friend of ours, uh, came to me. He actually had a pickup for sale, a, a dually truck, and I was going to need something like that. And he said, well, tell me a little bit more about what you want to do. And I explained to him and he said, listen, he's an entrepreneur too. So, um, he said, listen, this is what I want to do for you. I want to finance whatever machine you want. We were buying a skid steer, starting off doing great work mm-hmm. on new construction. He said, I'll buy whatever machine you want. I got the truck and the trailer. I'll finance the package to you. And, uh, he said, get going. I sat on that for about a month. And finally, one day Chelsea came to me, uh, they drew up the paperwork and she goes, Hey, you need to shit or get off the pot. Those were her exact words. She goes, yeah, she said, you're either going to do this or you're not. She goes, but we can't go back and forth. And I said, shit, let's go sign the papers. So bought a machine and started cold calling home builders, man, driving through neighborhoods, writing down all the the names and phone numbers of all the builders and start hitting everyone up, just cold calling, cold calling. People say cold calling is dead. If you can't talk on the phone and, and, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable on the phone and stuff, yeah, it's probably dead for you, but mm-hmm. people answer the phone, man, you know, call, call and, you know, don't give up. And I was ruthless. I I'd call them every other week, every week, you know, every builder just in, yeah. until I could get some work. And I sold so much work so fast. It, it blew my mind. I thought I was going to be a, a single man with a truck and trailer and machine, go push some dirt each day, make a decent living. And it, uh, it really expanded from there. So that's kind of how I went from, you know, being a mechanic into, to pushing dirt around. Dude, I love it. I, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in there. Yeah. My, the, the thing that hit me the most is the cold calling. I think what so many people don't realize, especially in what you're doing, you are calling on contractors. You're not calling on homeowners. You're not, you're not, you're not infringing on people's the the routine of their day and their personal lives. You're calling mm-hmm. on people who are out trying to make a living right now. And let me tell you something as a contractor, as a general contractor who hires subcontractors at times has my own employees. There are issues everywhere in a business. And most of the people that I'm calling trying to get work done aren't answering the phone. So if you call me mm-hmm. with an opportunity and you're hungry, you're probably going to get that opportunity right off the bat because I want people as a contractor, as a general contractor who are hungry, who are trying to make a name for themselves. It's, and it's what I see happen so often is people come in and you get about six, seven, eight good months of work out of them. And they start getting complacent and they start wanting to charge you more money, not showing up, not doing as much quality. And they're trying to chase that next shiny object. And I just hope that somebody like a young, hungry Trevor Young calls me and says, I'm looking for my shot. And then another lesson in there is if you, if that's how you're starting your business, do not for the love of God, lose touch with that drive, with that wanting to do a good job, with that staying on top of things, because there's always going to be somebody, there's a younger version of you, a hungrier version oh, yeah. of you that's coming 
not far behind you trying to do the same thing you did. So if you don't take care of it, it can slip away from you in 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 such a such a just a heartbeat, man. It can all be gone. So oh yeah. You got to respect it, you know, with what you got, you get, you got to respect that and you got to push every day and every aspect of it. So there's a lot to learn, but you know, if you're consistent, consistency is key. Man, I'll tell you something else I heard in there that I really liked is the fact that your brother reached out to you and knowing you didn't have the knowledge or experience this, I want to highlight this too. He reached out to, is it your older brother, younger brother, older brother, I'm, older I'm brother. the youngest, I'm the youngest of uh, three boys. So he reaches out to baby boy young and he says, Hey, I, uh, I got an opportunity for you. You admittedly tell him you have no experience. You don't know how to do any of the things that he needs you to do, but he's willing to pay you a dollar an hour more than what you're currently making for something you do know how to do something you do have experience Mm -hmm. in. And I think that's a lesson in and of itself for today is if you're looking to hire people, you don't have to hire someone with all the knowledge, with all the experience. If you, Focus on finding the right people. And sometimes you may need to overpay that person in the beginning based on what they actually know and what they're capable of. If you truly believe that they're capable of learning and fitting into your system and fitting into your your goals, your vision, they align with your values. As long as you find the right people, you can move mountains. And I have found you can easily bring the wrong person in with all the experience and knowledge in the world. And you think it's a home run based on what they know and you hire them for what they know and not who they are. And it can be just as detrimental to a company as hiring the right person with no skills and knowledge can be. So I'm glad that you talked about your brother giving you that opportunity because clearly you were capable of learning everything. And six months later, you started your own business doing exactly the same thing. So that speaks to the capability. And that's what I think you really need to look at in people. And it's a little different being your brother. I'm sure he knew some of that stuff about you, but you can, you can tell pretty early on when you start to talk to someone, if they're right, if they're the right fit. Yeah, we work together. Uh, He's had a few different companies. Uh, I use the word companies loosely. Um, He's had a few different companies and we've worked together. Uh, I work with my oldest brother extremely well, but this brother that hired me, uh, we butt heads real, real hard. Uh, we get along uh, outside of work all the time, but even the fact that knowing that we have butted heads working together in the past and still offering me the opportunity, um, I hope he doesn't hear this because it'll get his head all big. He owns a very successful company now too. Uh, we're mm-hmm. very competitive back and forth, um, but he giving me that opportunity really did change uh, the course of my life and, you know, what, what I ended up doing, you know, nothing wrong with turning wrenches every day. I mean, if you love it, you love it, but the opportunity that was given changed the course of my life. And, and, uh, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. It's funny how you can trace moments like that in your life. Like I can, I can look where I'm at in life today and I can trace back to a single moment that sent me in this direction. And there are a few Mm -hmm. other little moments along the way where you notice had this one thing not happened at this exact time, I would have never even been here. And it's not because I wasn't capable. I'm clearly capable. I just, Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. And I think uh, for me lately, I've spent a lot of time really paying attention to signs around me, things going on in my life. I feel like, I feel like it's God. I'm a man of faith. I know that a lot of people who listen to the show probably aren't, and that's fine. I don't want to push my beliefs on anybody. Call it the universe energy. I've said it many times on here before, whatever, however you want to say it, 
there's some divine intervention out there. Something's going on. And if you pay attention to opportunities around you and little signs around you, you you really will be amazed at how things begin to just, it almost feels like luck some days, but it can't be. But it feels like things start to fall in place, the right place, the right time. But I think you're living life with intent. You're doing things very, very intentional with how you show up every day and, and those opportunities. You're just more aware of the opportunities around you. And I would, oh, yeah. I hope, I hope people listen to this. That's what they get from the show, man, is just an understanding of, of you can do anything. I mean, look at Trevor, six months experience, young, didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> and he don't, has a, don't, don't, don't let him sit here and be too humble for you. He has a very successful business. I know he says they're not big and they may not be, but I know without a doubt, you personally make more money than you would working for anyone else anywhere. And you get to be, oh yeah in control you get to build it with your with your wife you know and, and and set that example for your kids that's another part of it that 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 people don't understand which brings me to my next question ironically how was it in those early is and then you can you can go ahead and smile and laugh before you answer because you know it's coming but like with me and macy mm-hmm. when we started getting busy and actually had what i was i'm willing to classify as a business Finally, at first it was just us trying to make some money. We didn't know what we were doing. And then it started to actually get some structure and look like a actual organization. Mm-hmm. And, and, but then it started getting busy, started getting stressful. And then we started having marital issues, not the kind where we were like trying to cheat on each other and get divorced, but certainly where you can't lay down after you've had showers to watch a movie and, and do it peacefully. Cause I'm like, Hey, did you call Mr. So-and-so? And she's like, no, yep. I'm like, we're going to lose every customer we've ever had. You know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, man. How was it like building it with your spouse? Yeah. So in the early days, uh, Chelsea was a fifth grade science teacher. And so, and I love to tell this story. Um, she also loves to tell this story. So, in the early days, it was just me. Uh, you know, I'd go out and sell work to to the home builders in the in the early days, and um, I'd go out and say uh, I had to do a final grade around a new house. You know, spreading topsoil, getting the grades right, and everything prepped and ready for irrigation and sod. Um, you know, in those early days, Chelsea would get out of class and uh, she would come out and hand rake yards out for me, move dirt with shovel. She was my she was my laborer um, okay. in those er- in those early days, and and she likes to tell people I paid her in snow cones. Um, you know, I'd take her over to Bahama bucks, get her a snow cone at the end of the evening, you know, uh, cause we were not like, we, you know, we were putting everything back into the business and we were both yep. doing everything we can. So in the early days, she was day to day, she was still teaching. Um, but she was running all the finances, which is great because I, w- I would have ran it into the ground. Uh, if that was my part of the project or my part of the business, um, as the years went on, she, when our daughter was born in 2017, um, she transitioned, uh, she retired from teaching and actually went to work for, uh, my friend that helped us, uh, with our first business loan. And at that time she was a little bit more involved, um, still kind of out of the day to day operations, uh, but more behind the scenes. And then I want to say in 20, 2019, um, she came into the business full time. So she was at a point with the job she was working where it was going to be more of a full-time in office job. And she didn't want that. She wanted to still have our daughter every day. And, 
I try to convince her for a long time, like just come work for the business full time. And she said, no, I, I, you know, we're doing good, but we need the income. And I said, I swear to God, if you come work for this company, things will change for the better. You're going to pick up where I'm not, you know, with the things that I'm not good at. And when she came on full time, that is absolutely hundred percent when this business completely changed it, the, the revenue got better. The profits got better. The operations, uh, really, really got better. Cause I used to run it out of my head. You know, I'd show up at the mm-hmm. the shop in the morning and tell my guys, Hey, you're going here, here, and here to do this, this, and this. And at that time we weren't doing as much in revenue. So it's, it's not, it's not like it is today, but, um, still a lot of work going on and, and no schedule, no, and nothing, you know, to make it work well. So mm-hmm. when she came in, she, her organization in the way that she runs things really changed the course of the company. And I, I'm very proud to say that she runs with our company. She runs the entire operations and production side of our business. I like to throw my opinions in, um, yeah. you know, over half conversations that I hear and I'm like, Hey, well, what about this? And I don't know anything. So, you know, um, she, she is a boss. And when I say that I a hundred percent mean she is a boss. She well, runs that whole side of the business and she's better at it than I was. That was actually my next question is, did she show up day one being your boss or did that, is that something that sort of evolved over time? Oh, I still, I still tell everybody in, in our office, like, Hey, I am the boss. I don't cut the checks. I don't tell you where you're going during the day, but don't get it twisted. I'm still the boss, but that's no, right. she, she, I, she, and I say that's right because I tell my guys the same thing, but they, everybody knows Macy's the real boss. So oh, I, she, and she lets me say it. Macy lets me say it. She doesn't correct me, but it's we got to feel know. good. We, we got to feel good about ourselves. <laughs> you know? right. We, we, we got to We got to have some kind of purpose <laughs> within the company. Right. So no, she came in and, and, um, she, she just took, she just took off man. she, yeah. she started doing all the things that, that I wasn't doing or that were getting left behind. And, um, it was really awesome to see her take over that. And as she learned the business and actually learned the, the work that we do and how things are done and, and all of that, it really got good. So, you know, at this point in our company, she does, uh, she runs the operations and production side of the company. I do everything with sales and marketing mm-hmm. and we both have our, our areas of the business. She doesn't, she doesn't, um, tell me what to do with sales and marketing. And I, I try my best not to tell her what to do with production. And I think that's really helped us, uh, be able to work a business together but still come home at the end of the day, love each other, have, you know, conversations that, you know, spouses have with each other without the, uh, the business always, you know, overtaking every conversation. For sure. For sure. And it was, it's just something that takes time to figure out the structure. And I think if you have the right partner and you're talking, the thing is communication is key. And where I messed up for at least a year for, there was at least a year from the, the the moment we started getting really busy, there was at least a year behind that where I would task Macy with things and ask her to help me with things and didn't give her full explanation of what I wanted, why I wanted it, why we needed it. And just thought that because we're married and we live in the same house, she fully understands the, what I'm thinking at all times. And it wasn't fair for her. I put her, I really did put her in, in, in looking back in a impossible sort of position and asked some things of her that were unrealistic. Um, 
and it burnt. She got burnt out. She no longer wanted to be part of the business. We went through a transition where we were able to phase her out. And now she's back. Now she's back running the office, handling the books, you know, and within and with people outside that help as well. But this, the thing is, is she's back bought in today. She's back emotionally invested today. And it took me probably well over a year of her wanting nothing to do with it for, for that to come back around. And I love having her in that position because she's my wife. First of all, anybody handling the money, if she's going to steal from me, it goes into my own safe. So that's always a Absolutely. plus. You know what I mean? Huge plus. So that's a big plus. But other than that, man, she, it's her baby too. She, we own it. It's her baby as well. So there's nobody that's going to be emotionally invested in the success of the company like her, nobody else. Yep. And uh, and we've expanded a little bit. We have an operations manager and a production manager, and they are both amazing in their fields. And uh, that has bought a little bit of our time back. Um, like I said, the first half of the day today, we didn't have anything that we physically had to be there to do. We met with some friends from out of town, spent the morning at a condo doing some swimming. I'm recording a couple of podcast episodes just this afternoon because I like this. I love the conversations. I love people to hear it. This isn't a source of income for me. It's just something I, I just want to share. I want Absolutely. people to understand what's possible. Um, I want people to understand that on a Friday, if you don't want to go to work, you can build a life where you don't have to. You can go to a condo and hang out. Then you can talk to your yep. buddies in the afternoon on a podcast and people will actually listen to that. Believe it or not. I never would have thought a single person will listen to this, but I get at least six downloads every time I release an episode. So very nice. No, it, man, it, it does say a lot, you know, with having that time freedom. I mean, there's a lot of headaches with owning a company, but um, being able to, as you grow, buy back your time with, like you said, hiring an operations manager, we're in the same boat, you know, we're transitioning, yep. you know, one of our guys over to that position right now to pull her more out of the day to day. And, yep. uh, you know, as you get bigger, you're able to buy back that time. And and that's, that's very important. It is. It is. So, well, let me ask you this. Where are y'all headed? Now, what are you, you, you got big goals, big dreams, maintaining, what's the plan? Man, my goals and dreams are so big. It probably scares most people, it scares me. It should. Um, our, our, our goal is to take our business to around $10 million a year in revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, I, I guess kind of like a lot of our friends do, you know, reverse engineering their life and, and figuring out what they really want out of their life. And so and figuring out what you're going to have to do to get that. And so our, our goal is to take this business to, to about 10 million a year. And with that, that'll, that'll bring us enough income in to where we can go do some stuff that we want to do. We have interest in, in different type of real estate investments. Um, you know, we, I want to play around with the stock market a little bit more and, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to, we want to build the life that we want and, and to build that, that's where our business needs to go at that point. We'll, uh, we'll look at exiting the company and, and taking, you know, our money from that and doing something else. But I, I am only 32. Um, I got a lot more business to do, you oh, know, man, you our, our so goal, much. dude, I, I like we've talked by the time we're 45, um, we would like to be. I'm going to call it retired, but at a point where we can go do exactly what we want to do. And that's not sitting on a beach somewhere at the lake house. That's, you know, real estate investments. I, I want to develop, uh, I want to go develop subdivisions, neighborhoods. Um, that's one of the things that I'm working towards. So to do that, we got to grow our business and, mm-hmm. um, there'll be another business or two. We're kind of 
in the middle of some stuff with, uh, with figuring out a pool company. That's something that we're both passionate about is, is, uh, building pools and, and it ties into what we currently do. And so there's some, there's some big goals with that and that'll probably kick off next year. We've had a Good. lot going on this year, so I got to manage my time, you know, properly, but our, our end goal is to get to the point where we can both go out and do what we want to do. Um, you know, in diff- different areas. Construction's great. I love it. But uh, the, the, I always say our business is a tool to provide for us, provide for our team and get us to where we really want to go in life. And so, you know, building a company, building another company on top of that. And, and um, you know, our, our other goal is to do a nonprofit. We really want to start a nonprofit, um, something to do with, with giving back to, to kids in, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. I have ADHD and, and, uh, I would love to put together, uh, some programs and stuff for kids that are like me that were very, uh, energetic kids and, and that learn better with hands-on stuff. And so, you know, putting programs together like that and, and doing something to give back and that that's another one of our big goals. So to do that, we got to continue to, to grow the company that we have and make an impact as we go along and hopefully we'll get to that point. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, I've, have no doubt that you'll hit everything that you set out in line to hit. So um, one of the last things I want to talk about a little bit, and we have touched on the whole working with the spouse and everything. What do you guys do? And I know there are a lot of people listening that, that run businesses with their spouses. And how do you guys sort of keep the two separate these days? And, and how do you make time for yourselves? Yeah. It's difficult. So I, I'll start off by saying whatever problems you have in your marriage, when you start a company and you run a company together, those problems are going to get way more intense. So if you yeah. have money issues, money management issues personally, when it comes to the business, um, there's going to be a multiplier on that. It's it's going to be stressful. Um, you're going to have those fights. So we are not perfect. Uh, we still have our times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think by figuring out what our positions and roles are within the company and sticking to that and not stepping on each other's toes during the workday, it allows us to have a better marriage and, and personal life. We don't argue as much at work as we used to. Um, you know, when we come home, we try our best to shut that off. Um, Sometimes we have to tell each other, all right, we're done with work for the day. Sometimes we are at that point. Uh, one of us might be that I'm just done. It's It's been a day. Um, so f- figuring out how to communicate with your spouse in a way that you can shut those conversations down if they're not going right. Um, figuring out what that work-life balance is. And, the, and I don't really believe in work-life balance, but some kind of harmony between the two. And, for sure. And, Another thing I really want to touch on is you spend a lot of time together at work. Uh, we ride to the office together most mornings after we drop our daughter off. We're together a lot, but we're still able to love each other and find that time to be a husband and wife and, and not business partners. And so we plan a lot of trips throughout the year, um, you know, camping trips, going to hotels, different water parks. We love, we love the water parks and uh, finding those times and scheduling those trips to where we can can spend time together and, and with our daughter and really shut work off. And another big thing that falls into that is building a solid team within your company 
that you can trust to operate that company when you're away. When you get to that point, that's really when uh, life starts to get fun. You know, your 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 marriage starts to get fun. Um, so I, I would say having setting boundaries, proper communication, um, those are probably two biggest things with with having that that harmony between work and personal life with your spouse. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And before we get off of here, man, one last thing I want to ask you is, and I try to ask everybody this, at least at one, at one point or another during the show, is for everybody listening who is very early on, either thinking about starting a business, just started a business, and the whole idea behind the show is to sort of avoid that all that early on confusion is the reason why I wanted to name the show Avoid the Confusion. What's some advice you have to people who either think they don't have what it takes, they don't deserve big business. And those are some of the hardest things that I personally had to go through. We've talked, I know you dealt with a little bit of that early on too, probably more than a little bit of that, if if we're being honest. But what's some of the advice you have as somebody out there who's just getting started? If, if We know there's no secret, there's no magic pill. So what's one piece of clarity you want to bring to somebody today before we get off here? It's a good question. There's a lot uh, I could talk about with that, but if I had to narrow it down to one thing, I would say stay true to who you are, trust yourself, trust your gut instinct, but also be willing to push yourself and get out of your comfort zone. I think if you can get out of your comfort zone, so if you're uncomfortable starting that business or you're questioning yourself, um, I think you need to look at why you have those feelings um, and get and start getting uncomfortable. I think when you're uncomfortable, people grow more when they're uncomfortable and in those those uncomfortable positions than they do when things are going smoothly. Uh, we've seen it within our business too. When I when I feel like things are going good and I take my foot off that gas, we're not progressing, we're not growing like we want to grow. So you got to stay uncomfortable. Um, so I'd, I'd say you know trust yourself, but also get out of your comfort zone. And a hundred percent, I'm going to throw it out there right quick, hire a good business coach. I never believed in a business coach. Didn't believe in that whole, whole program. Hiring a good business coach has changed our business drastically, our marriage drastically. So go out and find those people that you can, can trust. And, and even if it's just like a mastermind group, you know, get in, get in with those people. Like that's how we met, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, when you meet good people like you, Kenny, it's, uh, you, you gotta, you got an army behind you. That's really going to push you to be the best. And, and so I think that's a, another quick piece of advice is get into some kind of entrepreneurial group, coaching group, and lean into those people. And you're going to learn from them. They're going to learn from you and you're going to build everlasting relationships. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I couldn't agree with any of that anymore. Uh, spot on. One last thing: How can everybody reach you? Anybody who wants to look more into what you guys have going on, maybe follow some of the stuff you have going on. How can people find you? Yeah, so on Facebook, it's just Trevor Young. Uh, Instagram, uh, it's at Real Trev Young. I'm not big on the socials. Uh, we're trying to get better with it, but uh, if you want to follow us and and see our journey, those are the two main places you can find us. And correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I had heard some whispers at some point about you and Chelsea actually doing a podcast. Have y'all decided to do that and share some of your story or? Yes. Um, we have talked about it a lot and then, you know, mm-hmm. this year has been kind of crazy. It is something I want to do. Um, 
So yeah, here I was actually talking to Chelsea right before we jumped on this call. Um, I, I hopefully by the first next year we'll have we want to do a podcast together. Um, you know, a couple that works in a business together. I think there's a lot of insight there and a lot know, get, getting you and Macy together and, and couples like that talking about the, these experiences and how you work through stuff. I think that's important. So it is something that's we want to do. That's what I had heard you guys talking about before, man. I think it'd be a great idea. I think, I think the way you navigate your marriage and your business and all that is something that could really help people. Um, because I, 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 all marriages have issues. So I don't, I'm not insinuating yours is perfect, but from the it's outside not. looking in, you guys appear to be really happy. You appear to be chasing life together. And uh, it's inspiring for me. And I'll tell you this I just want to say thank you one more time for coming on and having a conversation with me today, sharing some of your story with everybody. I'm sure it'll 100% be impactful, man. So thank you very much for coming on and joining us. I hope so. Kenny, thank you so much. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Avoid the Confusion. We hope you found it inspiring and informative. Remember, success is not just about the talent. It's about mental toughness, perseverance, and the willingness to learn and grow. Make sure that if you found value in this episode today, that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. If you truly found it valuable, share it with your friends and family so they too don't miss episodes moving forward. And then don't forget to join us again next week as we bring you another top performer in their respective field and explore what it takes to be the best version of you for you. Thanks again for listening to Avoid the Confusion. We'll see you next week.